As many of you know, for the past few weeks, uh, Deacon Kornstrom, our transitional deacon, has been in the Holy Land, and he got back on Monday night of this week, and I was with him on Tuesday night. He was still pretty jet-lagged, uh, which was kind of fun. Um, and he mentioned how excited he was to preach about this gospel, because he had literally just gotten back from being in the place where this gospel took place. Uh, and I myself got to visit the Holy Land about six years ago. It was an amazing experience. Uh, if you've never been, I urge you to go. It makes the gospel come alive in such a way that nothing else really can. Uh, and, I, and when I was specifically on the shores of the Sea of Galilee uh, six years ago at the place where Jesus would have called James and John, it was, it was so amazing. There was literally a man on the shoreline fishing throwing a net out into the sea and just bringing it back in. Very simple, but such a beautiful thing to see. And even just closing my eyes then, I could just picture this gospel taking place in the very place that I was standing. And all of us, I think, even if we've never been to the Holy Land, can just imagine what that moment would be like. Now, Matthew's account of this story uh, is rather brief. Uh, it's not very detailed. Admittedly, Matthew maybe devotes more time to Jesus calling him, calling Matthew, than he does calling Peter, Andrew, James, and John, which that makes sense. Matthew would write a little bit about himself. Uh, Luke's gospel, though, is much more detailed in this story. And maybe for today's purposes, I think it's helpful for us to sort of consider uh, a combination of both. You have Matthew's gospel account, which again is rather brief today. And Luke's is a little more detailed. Jesus goes out into the boat with Peter and Andrew and he tells them to go fishing. And they had worked all night and caught nothing and then they catch a lot of fish. They get back to the shore and Peter looks at Jesus and says some rather interesting words. He says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Again, even though it might not be in Matthew's account, that we hear today, let's be honest, I guarantee you Peter was thinking that. I would guarantee that Peter was thinking those words, even if they aren't written word for word in Matthew's account. He says them in Luke's, but I would guarantee that Peter was at least thinking that. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. It's quite an odd thing to think about, or at least to say, when you have just had the Messiah, the Son of God, call you directly to come after him, to be a fisher of men. So an odd thing to think about. But if we get into Peter's mind a little bit, it might make a little bit of sense. He would have known quite well his own sinfulness and weaknesses. He would have known quite well what Isaiah meant when he talked about someone walking in darkness, seeing a great light. He would have been very, very easily able to identify the parts of his life that met that definition of darkness. He was someone who wanted the light, but knew that he struggled with darkness at times. And again, we know that this applied to Peter, and it probably applied to all of the apostles, and we know that it probably applies to all of us, frankly. We know that Christ comes to dispel darkness with his light, but we know that the concrete darkness of our lives can be very real, very acute, and can feel quite suffocating. To the point that when Jesus is face-to-face -to, -face to us, or calling us directly, sometimes our only response can be, like Peter, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Let's sit back a minute and think again why on earth we might respond in such a way. And I think it comes down to one word. It comes down to the word of shame. 
A lot of us live with our sins and we know that they are quite real. And when they are juxtaposed with the beauty of Jesus' call, what happens? We might feel ashamed. We might think, Lord, if only I could overcome my sins, then you would love me more. I would be more blessed in my life. Or maybe even on a deeper level, if God knew the real me, he wouldn't love me like he does. If God knew the real me, he wouldn't bless me as much as he was. Or even if my family or friends knew the real me, they wouldn't love me either. Psychologists have a name for this phenomenon. It's called imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is where someone doubts his or her talents and has a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. And I dare say Simon Peter is dealing with a case of imposter syndrome. There's so much darkness that all of us might live with, even on a daily basis, and we could be scared of God or others seeing it, or think that the closer we get to God, the more those things will be exposed. And we know that Peter is probably dealing with that in this initial moment of being called by Jesus. And the evil one loves this. He wants us to just flee from God, no matter what. To flee the light that comes to dispel our darkness. To somehow fear the light. That it will expose our darkness. That we will be seen as frauds or hypocrites or failures. But this is ludicrous, brothers and sisters. The darkness that we live with is an absence of light where there should be light. An absence of light where light ought to be. And our hearts are made for the light of Jesus, not darkness. And so we must, we must shine light on the darkness that we live with, brothers and sisters. That is the only way we can receive healing and receive our Lord's love. You know, we're often afraid of Christ seeing the real me. Well, brothers and sisters, we need to be seen. We need to be seen. And Christ wants to see us as we truly are. The problem, though, is if we are living in darkness, we cannot be seen truly for who we are. Many of the great saints talk about the spiritual life as a pane of glass, and maybe modern-day purposes, let's use a car windshield to maybe illustrate this. If you're driving around at night, you can't see that your windshield is dirty. It's only when light is shining on it, or in the daytime do we realize my windshield is dirty, And I need to clean it. That's a great analogy for us in the spiritual life. It's only when light is shining on us that those things that are in darkness are brought to the light. That we can actually see them for what they are and start the process of healing and cleaning what is dirty and repairing what needs to be broken. But the evil one, of course, loves to get us away from the light. Makes us scared of it at times even. He'll do anything to prevent that darkness from being dissipated. And shame, of course, is an easy way to do that. But we know, brothers and sisters, from our psalm today that our Lord is our light and our salvation. Of whom should we be afraid? Our Lord knows what we struggle with. What we struggle with. He knows what we are made of. But he also knows what we are made for. And our Lord knew that Peter was made for greatness. He was made to be a great fisher of men and to be a wonderful saint. And so right after Peter tells Jesus, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, at least in Luke's gospel, Jesus says, do not be afraid, 
for I will make you fishers of men. There's always this great gap between where we are and where we know we need to be. And if we're struggling with shame, that gap can be a source of sadness and guilt. But if there is no shame, and we see where we are versus where we need to be, it is a great moment of repentance and conversion. And so Jesus calls Peter out of his shame with do not be afraid and invites him to follow. And Peter immediately does. So beautiful that Peter is freed from that shame and guilt and able to follow Jesus in the way that Jesus wants him to. Brothers and sisters, where in our lives do we tell God, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinner? Where do we want God to be the least? Where do we want him to see the least? This is the part of our lives, brothers and sisters, where our Lord needs to be the most. And that is the darkness he wants to dissipate. Let us allow ourselves to be seen by God, who is our light and our salvation. The God who calls us, in spite of our imperfections, to be his disciples, his companions, and heirs to the kingdom.